Hey, good morning, everybody. It is wonderful to see everyone. We are going to continue with our, uh, our, uh, our learning today. We're going to focus again. We're looking at the life cycle the, of, of uh, the Jewish life. And we've now moved from birth, and right after birth, we get into a new stage, which is the area of the Shalom Zohar, the Simchat Bat, trying to understand what's going on over here and appreciate this. So thank you for joining today. We've got, this is our part two. Before we go on, I want to take a moment to, to, to thank um, Suri Stone, who's uh, sponsoring Baruch Hashem this entire series um, for uh, all, all, um, the, uh, all of this learning. It actually is wedged between. We've just come out of the, the, the yard site of Suri's grand ma- grandmother, which was just this last week. And this coming week, we enter the yard sites of both her father and her grandson. Um, um, Suri's um, father, Rabbi Ruvain ben Chaim of Esther, um, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Ruby Davis, um, was, uh, w- um, was a person who finished Shas many times, was also known as a Gabarish on the White Shield for many years, for over four decades, and uh, was involved in honoring many of the people attending the Dominion and avoiding Machlokes all those years. And uh, anybody who's been involved in Gabaos knows that that's the first <laughs> job description of the Gabai. Uh, he was a very quiet and humble man, Nishmasai Eden. We're also going to be learning Vila Nishmas. Um, sorry, just um, lost a grandson in the past. How many years now? It's been. His yard site is the first. This the first. This is the first. We have yard site is for you. Did Ben Shait Sivia Esther Shifra, and uh, he was born. Unfortunately, the cord is wrapped around his neck and was not able. Did not survive. Um, and uh, sorry, wanted to just or, just also acknowledge organizations Knafaim and Neshama, which were very helpful during this time. It's very difficult time, and it turns out that his yard site is is the day before your father's yard site, and it's uh, it's very meaningful that uh, that the, the two of them are together. It's just uh, very painful at the same time. Um, we also are, I'd like to thank on this upon this special this this unique this this shear today. I'd like to thank Ed and Sandy. We are also also sponsoring today's learning as we are noting the yard site of the outgoing yard site of Te- uh, Tessie Schwartz Herzger Bas Schwulfeivel, and uh, that's your your grandmother, and Lily Nishmas um, Anita Kolak Chavabas Moshe, that's Ed's aunt, and it's also coming up as we enter the yard site of Ed's grandfather Moshe Ben Sandal Alava Shalom this coming week as well. There's no doubt there's so much they have to be proud of. And Bezer Hashem, they will continue to do so um, for many, many years to come. Let us, let us start our learning together and, uh, and appreciate this. This is a stage which we all go through in some way or another. How do we interpret this? What, what is going on over here? So we hear this idea of Shalom Zohar. Where does it come from? Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. We have a last, a last minute spo- a sponsor. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for reminding me. Um, Elliot um, and Shandy Horowitz are sponsoring also today's learning. Lenishmas David, Ben Rav Yaakov. Um, this is um, Shandy's brother, Olav Hashalom on Yud Dalit Teves. So it will be in two days' time. That's going to be two coming in Tuesday nights, right? Thank you. Thank you for making today the context of the learning. Let us learn Torah together. So here we go. Um, the question is, is where, where, how do we know we do this? Like, where does this come from precisely that we do this thing called a Shalom Zachar? Um, so the truth is, is that actually is mentioned in the Shulchan Aruch, but not really the Shulchan Aruch is mentioned in the Ramah. The Ramah is Rav Moshe Eselis, who is the Ashkenazi notes on the, the Shulchan Aruch. 
and he makes note in the, in the center of Hilchas bris Mela, where the discussion moves to the notion of making a su'uda at the bris. The Ramah makes a whole discussion about having a su'uda, being careful to make sure people are not invited and don't come. You have to be careful about, about brises. These days, it's complicated if you have an evite. You know, how are you, you know, you're not, I'm not just, just telling you, I'm not really inviting you through the evite. But nonetheless, so, so you'll notice on bris invitations, it says announcing the bris rather than inviting you to the bris. You shouldn't invite people to brises because there's an, if you're invited to a, a, a sodas bris, the Gemara talks about there being a curse upon a person who, do, who is invited and doesn't come. So you don't want to, you have to be careful as a Baal Simcha, you know, when you, when you say, come, 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 you have to be careful you do, when it comes to a bris. You want to make sure that you announce it, but it's not that people feel, people are invited and they don't make it way, their way downwards. I always try, even if I can't stay, just to take something so I wasn't in that situation. Um, but be it as it may, um, the, that's, what, that's what Ramon talks about. And then at the end of his comments, he says the following line. He says that, the odd nohagu, there is a custom, la suda, that to make a, a meal, on the night of Shabbos, after, after a young man is born, the, that Shabbos following, to make a festive meal on the Shabbos night, this is also a Surah's Mitzvah to, to have this. That's what the, um, the, Ram, the Ramos says, and he is quoting the Truma Sadeshen, and earlier one of the Rishon, Rav Yisraelin. Okay, so why do we do this precisely? Because like, it's very nice, but to call something a surah's mitzvah is a very high bar. For instance, a, if you eat a meal on Hanukkah, that's not called a surah's mitzvah unless you add to it Torah and Shirim Vesishbahois. But now when it comes to, to Shon Zachar, it sounds, it sounds like we're out of the gates and, we're, and it's already surah's mitzvah. Why is this? There are many, many, many reasons. I'd like to move through five different reasons which will help us inform ourselves about, uh, first of all, why we do this and our conduct that we should be um, displaying at Shalom Zachar as well. The first is, is a very interesting idea I saw actually in the Nefesh HaRav, Rav Shechta. Rav Shechta may, and Rav Shechta actually will be here in the next, uh, at, at 9.45. I highly recommend you stay to, to hear Rav Shechta himself. Um, and, and he makes the following observation that the Rambam says, that when it comes to pikuach nefesh on Shabbos, then the, it, it should be done by the sages. It should be led by the leaders of the generation, should be those who are mechalal Shabbos for pikuach nefesh. So if there's a situation where, God forbid, there's a need to, to mechalal Shabbos, it shouldn't be that, you know, somebody is sent to do it. Really, the rabbi should go do it first. Why? Because that displays the significance of uh, of, uh, of Pikuach Nefesh. You're not being Machmir on Shabbos, you're being Machmir on Pikuach Nefesh. You have to be careful. So the, he makes the observation that for the first few days after a baby is born, the mother is in a state of Pikuach Nefesh. It's a Cholish Yesh Boy Sakana. And that being the case, there may be hesitations come the first Shabbos is what do I need to do if necessary? What must I, what must I do? So Rav Shechter's observation is, is that that the, it would be the custom of the Rabbonim to go to visit her on the first Shabbos as an indicator of the significance of looking after herself. Lest it be necessary for her to do something necessary for, for herself, that's the way it should be done. And when the Rabbonim would go and visit on a Friday night, the, newly, the, the, new, the new mother, then everybody else would come and they make a party. But the point is, is it started off as an affirmation 
of, of, uh, um, of the mother and the affirmation of her needs on Shabbos. Very fascinating and beautiful, beautiful idea, which, uh, which is uh, noted in the Nefesh Arab. That's, that's more off the beaten track. We don't hear that, that perspective. Let's come back to, 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 to some of the more well-known ideas. So the Gemara does describe it as a passing Gemara, because this Gemara is not actually addressing this particular topic. It's actually the introduction to another topic, where the Gemara describes that Rav and Shmuel and Rav Asi, so these are the leaders of the generation, would go ikluu. They came, they entered into Lebei, to the house Shavua Habein, of the week of the sun. Or some call it a bay, the house of Yeshua Habein, the salvation of the sun. So, and then, by the way, that's not the topic of the Gemara. The Gemara is describing whether or not to enter into this, uh, the, this particular um, household. So what does it mean precisely? Rashi says, well, if it's the, called a Shavua Habein, which means the week of the sun, then Rashi explains that it's referring to uh, the, 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 um, the, this, the, this notion of a bris milah. So maybe it's referring to a bris se'uda. That's what Rashi says. However, um, the, the Tosos, quotes Rabbeinu Tam, who's Rashi's grandson, um, who disagrees and says that really, actually, the word Yeshua or Yeshua can mean a salvation, but it can also mean a redemption. What does that mean? So says, says Rabbeinu Tam, this child just survived one of the, the most terrifying ordeals. Childbirth. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, the baby is moving from receiving oxygen in utero from the mother in a split second to being able to breathe. This, this child is having its umbilical cord cut. It, it's, it's, it, its entire body is being contracted through a very small space to be able to get out. There are so many things which this is a, a terrifying moment. So when it works out, then there's a su'uda of Yeshua Habain, of salvation. And therefore, the way Rabbeinu Tam views the Shalom Zohar piece is actually a, 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 a festive meal of thanksgiving, of salvation, of the fact that this, that, that, that this was, this was um, a successful time. And as, as we know, this is not ever to be taken for, for granted. So part of what we're doing is not so much the function of the, of the, the, of the elders visiting the mother, as Roshato was suggesting, but this is a function of in a certain sense, conveying the thanksgiving for the, that this child has arrived safely. Rabbi, yes. Quick question before we go any further. Do we understand Ben to mean Ben or Bat? We're going to get there in a second. We're going to get there in a second. Let's go through all the, all the reasons and then we'll come back to the, to the Bat in a second because it's a really excellent question. Um, so the, 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 this is idea number two. Idea number three um, is, is, is actually suggested the, the Taz, the Turei Zab, one of the commentators on Shulchan Aruch, quotes a medrash which appears in Parshas Emor, which describes an, a very interesting, it's a, it's a marshal, it's a parable, in which it describes that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will not accept a korban, I will not accept a korban, until Shabbos has passed over, the, over that korban. And the, the mashal for that is a king who says, I will not meet any of my guests until I will not give an audience to my guests unless they see first the matronissa, the matron. Now, what the position specifically of the matron is in relationship? Is it the queen? Is it, the, is it his concierge? Who's, who is the matron in the king's palace? It's hard to understand the relationship to, to, of the king to the matron. But nonetheless, this, says, uh, says, says the Medrash, refers to two things that we do in our lacha. First is, 
is that we know that in, in Parshas Emor, which is where this Midrash is describing, is you cannot bring a korban of an animal until the animal's eight days old. Okay, so the, the, the halacha is you're not allowed to take an animal to bring as a korban until the animal is eight day old. Um, and similarly, it's viewed that a bris milah is actually seen as the same process. The bris milah in many ways is seen as a korban, as a sacrifice of sorts. And that sacrifice cannot be done until after eight days. Why? The Midrash is giving us a little bit of the color to that. Why? So that there should be a Shabbos, that's the matronisa, that this is the matron who first sees the child. Whether that's a spiritual chizuk for the child to go through in order to be able to, um, so to speak, go out the other side to be able to emerge successful. Shabbos is an ingredient necessary for this process of korban or mini korban um, experience as well. That's what the, the ties suggest. Very, very fascinating. The f- a fourth idea is, um, and this is a lesser known idea, and this is very, very important to think about, is that the Gemara tells us in Nida that um, on Daf Lamed Aleph and Beis, that Rabbi Yisrael says about, um, I quotes Rabbi Ami, who says, "Kevan shalom ba'olam." When a, 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 a male son is born, enters peace into the world. Fascinating. Okay, so and then quotes a pasuk in Yeshayahu, which makes a wordplay on uh, on Zachor or Zekar. Okay, so what does that mean? So some suggest that the, uh, when one makes a Su'udas Shalom Zachar, it's a communal thing. You let everybody know, and people are aware, and it's an opportunity. It says because this is the time now where people who may have a sikhsuch, may have a little bit of a disagreement, there may be things that weren't going right in their lives now is a time where you have an open invitation where you can go to wish Mazel Tov and not stand out, right? It's not going to be that, 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 that you're making a special appointment and now you're, and, and it brings back all the animosity. Now's the time you can go over and make amends. You can wish Mazel Tov and it helps, you know, so to speak, bring down the temperature um, at, at, at this opportunity. So Shalom Zachar, and that perhaps would be what the Orchaz Chaim suggests, and this perhaps suggests why the name of it might be a shalom zachar, not just greeting and, so to speak, shalom the, uh, the zachar, but shalom as actually in the notion of peace. Is this is the opportunity to create peace again? It takes a lot to do this kind of thing, and uh, in fact, actually, I, I had, uh, I, I, it's important to think about times where you can do a mitzvah, where there's a where there's a, a sechsach. I was I was once involved in something. Actually, I wasn't involved. That was the problem. Is is there was there was a. Uh, an organization that I was involved with and somebody, somebody lost their job and, uh, and I didn't get involved because I didn't know the details. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what happened. It was a he, uh, uh, she said, she said situation. I didn't know what, what, the, what it was and I didn't get involved. And it was always held against me that I didn't get involved. I should have done more to defend this person and I, I just didn't know. I wasn't involved and I wasn't going to put myself in the ring. But I knew, I knew that, uh, that this person harbored resentment against me. And, uh, and it's very painful because when you, when you know that somebody harbors resentment against you and you, you see them around and you can see the pain in their eyes and you don't, you don't mean to cause these things, but these things happen. So I, I tried, actually, what I did was on Purim, I went and I, I delo- delo- delivered Mishlach Manos. And, uh, and it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time for them. Um, and, uh, but, but it was helpful because afterwards we made a meeting and we uh, sat down and, 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 and discussed it. I apologized for my, in, uh, my inaction. I explained why I wasn't able to and I should have done more. But nonetheless, when there's a mitzvah opportunity, it's an opportunity to try to bridge. It's a try to try to bridge. So we're coming up on a bris. There's a, it's a communal event. 
Shalom Zachar, you go in, you wish Mazel Tov, it's an opportunity to be able to, to, to sort of make, to start that process again. As Aruch HaSchaim says, another perspective. And then, of course, the most famous um, perspective is, is, is the last one that we're going to look at today. And that is the, the very, very famous Gomorrah Nidon, Lama Noam Beis, tells us, during the utero, it describes the process of a child that says, V'ner daluk loy al That the child, in, in, um, when it's in utero as a fetus, has a candle above its head. And can see from one end of the world to the other end of the world. Quotes the quoting Apostle Kaniyov. And then the Gemara goes on to say, There's no better time in the life of a human being than this time in utero. Quoting Apostle in describing how being protected by Hakadosh Baruch Hu, seeing uh, seeing across the whole world, and, and famously the Gemara says the entire Torah is taught to such a, uh, to such a, uh, at such a moment. And then it describes uh, um, how, how, quoting a pasuk based on this as well. So a very, a very profound, um, very profound description over here of of living in this in this space. And the drisha and many uh, uh, comments that part of the shalom zachar, in a certain sense, is a nichum avelim. What's the nichum avelim? Is that when the child is born, comes the angel and sotra al piv and closes, the, so to speak, the, when he, he slaps upon the mouth. And the Torah is forgotten, and woe upon the lat loss. So he comes to literally be menachem, the, 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 this, this, this new, newly born as well. It is worthwhile knowing that the Maral understands this Gemara before going further. The Maral understands what this means. What does it mean, ner daluk al rosh, or the candles above the head? Is that, the, that during pregnancy, it's understood that the neshama is not fully attached to the child yet. So, as you know, as when you get into the whole abortion debate, which is uh, in, you know, very much. What, what was raging just a little, a little while, while back, the overthrowing of Roe versus Wade, in the Christian world, it's understood that the, the, the child has a soul already. Right? So in, in Judaism, it's more complex than that. Now, not getting to the halacha and, and the complexity of it right now, but the way it's understood is that the soul will fully attach to the child once it emerges, once the child <coughs> is born. But at that, beforehand, the ner, the ner Hashem Nishmasa Adam, that soul, is floating above, or is close to the child, but not actually fully attached. And therefore, because it's not tethered, it has more omniscience than it does if it were to be tethered to a material form, which is why it's which has, it has further perspective. It has bigger perspective, because remember, what, what you're essentially doing is you're taking a piece of infinity, which is a soul, and you're stuffing the bottom end into a material container. That's really what it is. The soul of a human being does not fit into the human being. The human being is considered in Kabbalistic literature as the shoe, right? The very bottom of the neshama fits into the, the, the shoe. That's the body. The neshama is much bigger than the person. In fact, so like when a person goes to sleep and we talk about drifting parts of the neshama, we've learned this beforehand, it means to say the upper spheres of the neshama are now less tethered and are able in dreams to, uh, to visit other spaces. But the, the, the lowest part is, so, so to speak, tethered to this, this very finite, very material, very limited container. Okay, so when a person's born, that's when Sotra al-Piv, the, the Maral actually says, Stira is actually where now it's being merged into this body. That's what limits its entire perspective in the world. And where, why is the mouth? Because the mouth is the only place that's going to now help it express itself as a spiritual being, not just 
a physical being. Now, believe me, most people use their mouths to eat most of the time. So that, that's not what the, the Maral was talking about. He was saying the other way around is when we express ourselves, when we, when we show the beauty of who we are through a kind word, through learning Torah, through, uh, through tefillah, when we're, that's, that, that's when we differentiate ourselves from apes, right? The, that, that's when we are no longer just a material, you know, a, a material two-legged being with opposable thumbs walking around. That's, that's, that differentiates us. So that's, that, that would be the, the, what, what's going on over there. Now, take it a little, a little further. Um, it, it is interesting to note that uh, um, why does this happen, therefore, on, on Shabbos? So why is this the, the place the, the, that, that, the, that the, so to speak, this loss is expressed? And so uh, there's a number of thoughts which, rela- which relate to Rav Yaakov Emden points out that maybe we're doing this on Shabbos because we say Zachor is Yom HaShabbos. It's the day where we sort of remember. We're remembering back to the Torah, which was lost, remembering back on a day where, which, is, which is dedicated to memory as well. Um, another possibility might be is that we're remembering back to that moment in the womb where the child had this capacity, had the ability to be able to go further. The Vilna Gaon actually famously comments in Mishle at the end of a life, a, uh, a, 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 there, there's an angel which will approach the person who passed away and ask them if they fulfilled their obligation in this world. And the Vilna Gaon famously comments and says it's the same angel that slapped the child in the face, which means at the beginning, the angel set the child into motion and said, no, what's going to be? At the end, the, the, we know what the final exam is going to be is, did you use your time? Did you use the space you were given to be able to achieve everything that you had the capacity to as well? Which is what's happening over here. So the, the problem is what happens in between because we're kind of stuck in the middle, right? We're not in the place where we've... Uh, we, we, uh, we, we don't remember it all. We, we're not on, in that space of omniscience. And we're not at the end. We're in this very limited space in the middle. So how do we keep aspiring to that point? So uh, perhaps, maybe an observation is, could be, is that every Shabbos is a reminder that we're not just running on that rat wheel. Maybe every Shabbos is a Zacharis and Shabbos is to remind us of our higher calling, which is what starts the first Shabbos when a baby is born, is this Shalom Zachar. We're remembering what we could be doing. And that's what really happens um, and, and reminds us the rest of our lives as to maybe able to be able to answer that question that we're going to be asked by that same Malach that limited us into the space that we are, which is what allows us for, uh, forward as well. Um, and before going a little further, so if, uh, if we just recap for a second and then address Chaya's question is, so what about the girls? Right, which is a, which is a good question. Is what happened? What happened to the girls? So if we do a quick recap of the of all of these uh, of all of these uh, these uh, these reasons. Some of them ap- ap- apply, and some of them don't apply in the specific case. So if you remember, going back to the affirmation of the mother, the care of the mother, that absolutely applies whether the mother had a baby girl or a baby boy. When it comes to Thanksgiving, that should apply equally to either. When it comes to the the, the greeting before the bris. That notion of the idea of this being, so to speak, the safeguard before the bris, that seems to be more bris related. So it seems to be a precursor to the bris. In fact, some would even argue that the reason why there's a Shalom Zachar in an extension of this is that not everybody is able to make it to the bris. But a Friday night is a time, as the Chumas Adeshian said, where people are around. And we all know this. There's times where we've been made it, made it to the Shalom Zachar, but we simply can't make it to the bris for whatever reason. So it's very much bris related. That case is actually not as connected to to a baby girl being born. A time for reconciliation, I don't know why, but the Gomorrah does describe it as Yes, um, Rabbi Avin, Kemesh Bo Zachar Ba'olam, Nichnas Shalom Ba'olam. 
I'm not sure why that's specifically related to, but the Gemara does seem to say that's specific to Ben Zohar. <laughs> but when it comes to the, uh, the fifth reasoning, when it comes to the, the loss of Torah, generally speaking, it's interesting over here, we Baruch Hashem are living in a generation where women are learning Torah and able to do this for, for time immemorial, not as a function even of Judaism, but in general, in society, women did not have the opportunity of education until very recently. And Baruch Hashem, it's become a time where, in fact, um, the women not only are learning, but teaching, and are role models in teaching of Torah today in, in an outstanding way. And um, so this reason, actually, today, is much more applicable as well. It's interesting because if you look at Rav Yaakov Emden's commentary, he's got a sefer called Migdal Oz, in which he has a paragraph called Birkas Elokim, and he talks about the Shalom Zohar over here. He pointed out that women are, are less in this specific, specific sphere because they have less mitzvahs which they have to learn about as well. Right? So there's less Torah that there's necessary for a woman to learn. However, just putting that in perspective, today Baruch Hashem, there's so much learning which is going on, not, as a, not necessarily as a chiv, but as a kiyom certainly, as, as opting in, because it might not be as obligatory, but certainly uh, in, in a very real way is, is learning, and therefore this would apply as well. So being as, being a, a, as that, is the, a, that is the case, you'll see different perspectives. So in, if you go back to the postkim from a few hundred years ago, they say this is, this is specifically bris related, this is for a, for a son. Today, uh, there, are, there are those, and there's been suggestions even in in, 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 in Rav Yaakov Emdom himself who raises the idea um, that, that this should equally be so for the birth of a girl as well. And people in certain communities are very careful about making a simchat's bas as well. I will make the observation that it does, with, for, when it comes to a girl, there's a little more flexibility. Meaning, if the, the notion of the thanksgiving is, uh, and the notion of the loss of the Torah and so on, all these things, these are all applicable ideas, but there's not as much of a rush to have to do it the first Shabbos which is actually more liberating, to be honest. It was such a pleasure having our first daughter. Because, you know, with a son, what happens is, is you have the whole world tram uh, trampling you through your house, right? The first, you know, it could be a day later, it could be the same day, right? You then have, you have to figure out the bris and the moil and the caterer and the everything. And then, and then if it's the first and you're working out a pigeon or ben immediately when you finish it, it's a very public and it's very difficult to do all those things. It's very, it's very traumatizing, certainly as a young couple, to be able to organize those things. When it comes to the girl, everybody should make a kiddush. But you can do that when you want to. You can make sure the family comes in. You can figure out when everybody's around. The, the mother can really be there. And everybody can actually have a, have a, give a speech in the, in the, in the appropriate time. It's much easier, I think, in a certain sense, <coughs> a, 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 a zakhar, a, a, a son's birth and a son's simcha is very public. A woman's is much more private, and it gives us the space to do it, in a certain sense, more appropriately as well. So it is, and there are people who are due to simcha's bas, and that's wonderful. But in a certain sense, you can fulfill most of all of these things that are related to a baby being born, but with a little more latitude. There's a little more space, which actually makes it, perhaps in my experience, a lot more meaningful, and um, everybody can actually be there as opposed to when it's everybody forced in as well. Yes, earlier. Yeah, you cited uh, the basis for this uh, as the Ramah. Uh, did the Svardin follow? Excellent. We're going to get there in a second. Uh, hang on for, for that. Is, uh, Alan, yes. According to the first yes. if the woman is not home. Good question. We'll get there in a second. So these are all good questions. All good questions. Abby, Abby, you have to share your thoughts. You have to share your thoughts. You have to share your thoughts. Yeah. Share your thoughts. 
No, yeah, I, I'd love to hear. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, so yes, Achaya? We don't make a suda. We don't make a suda for what? Oh, good question. Good question. Good question. Okay, good. So let's, let's address all those questions one by one. These are all good questions. So let's let's, let's talk about the Sfaradim first of all. So as Elliot pointed out, this is brought in the Ramah. Ramah Sheisrael does not appear in Shulchan Aruch. And he's quoting Trumas Adeshin, Rav Israelin, who does not, who is also a, a, a European Poesach as well. Not a Sephardic. He's not Spanish. He's not coming from, from, uh, from the, the, the Middle Eastern Poesachim as well. So that being the case, what, what happens, truth is, is that the Sephardim do not do a Shalom Zachar. But instead, they've got a much better option, <laughs> which is called a Brit Yitzchak, for those who are familiar. And in fact, the Brit Yitzchak is not found in a regular Sephardi Seder because it's bigger than it can fit in the Sephardi Seder. So what is it? If you have ever had the opportunity, a Zuchut, of being at a, at a Brit Yitzchak, it is the night before the Brit, the, the Brit itself. Everybody gathers in the house where the baby is. And by the way, this could be on a Friday night. Actually, there's a fellow in our shul just had the, you, the white, the white sitter in our shul is a function of a fellow called Gabi Badalov, who lives just a few doors down. He's a wonderful, wonderful person. And he davens there during the week. He davens in Sfadi Minion on Shabbos. And he said, I shall share Sfadi Sitter. Baruch Hashem, we have any davens. And so he, his, just a few weeks ago, he had a son. And the bris was on Shabbos, so the guess what? The bris is like, was a Shalom Zachar. But that wasn't because it was a, a, a Shalom Zachar. So, so what, what, what is the bris is like? Is, is, is people come together in the house, and there are passages that are read from the Torah, from the Nevi'im, from the Ksuvim, and then passages read from the Mishnah, and then also from the Zohar, all relating to the covenant of, of the bris Miller. And it's long, it's extensive. So what people usually do, if you've seen this, it's very special, is they have these booklets with the Brit Yitzchak, and they divide it up. So you take X, Y, uh, so, so many pages, you take, and then there's Tehillim, which is said, and then there's a Yirat and a Ribbon Shalolam, which is said at the beginning and the end, and this is all said in the presence of the baby, and the, the baby's there, and there's a little bit of a, a Su'udah beforehand. So why did they choose the night beforehand and not the Shabbos? Interesting question. This is, very, by the way, this is very clearly related to Bris. This is not about, um, this is not about, uh, um, this, is, this is a precursor to the Bris, so why? So the Zohar actually says in Parshas Lech Lecha recounts such a prayer practice that people would uh, describe to, uh, to, um, Torah and Tefillah then all night before a baby is is born. It's very similar to to, to other things like when you see a um, Chanukah Sabayis is a very long passage that's supposed to be said. People break it up. It's also very similar to Tikkun um, uh, Tikkun Chatzos or also Tikkun Leil. Most people don't know that there's actually a format what should be said on Tikkun Leil. It's the beginning and ending of every book in Torah. And um, it's actually a, a format, and for those who said I tried one year to do it, it's very extensive, is that people spend the whole night going through the, begin- the first parak of Bereshus, the last parak of Bereshus, right? the, the, the first parak of Shemais, the last parak of and it goes all the way through, all the, all the way through as well. So it's a, there's a fixed text. People say this fixed text together, and there's a celebration which just said why. So the, a number of, uh, the Matei Moshe quotes this Zohar and says that there's a Kitrug, there's a criticism of the Satan, the night before the bris, because this, this child, by entering into the bris, is now going to have a certain degree of salvation as being a Jew. This is, for a man, this is the only way in. And so, at the moment, at the gateway of that access, is a time when there's a lot of kitrug, and we try to alleviate, we try to protect the child by being in the presence of it, doing it as well. This, you know why it's so interesting, why it's the night before? This is such an interesting discussion in Halacha as well. Is the Gemara describes that, a, um, that an RL, a uncircumcised man may not uh, may may uh, may not is not considered a Yisrael, and therefore is 
precluded from certain things. So let's say you have an RL Kohen. Let's say you have an uncircumcised Kohen. That Kohen is not allowed to use Truma as well. Right? So then the question becomes is what happens during the seven days before the bris? Is that RL, is, is that child considered an RL not to benefit from Truma? You say, well, what kind of Truma is that child going to be eating? Right? It's, it's nursing. So the, so the Gemara says, no. What happens if, if there's certain types of oil that you want to anoint, you want to use on that child's skin? And that's, let's say, truma oil. Can, you, you, can the child benefit from oil in a state of pre-brismilla? The Gemara says, no. yes. You know why? Because before the brismilla, the child's not an orel. Because when is the, when is the chiyuv, when is the obligation to become uh, uh, under the covenant of Abraham? It is on the eighth day. So before then, the child's not an orel. He wasn't commanded. An orel is a person who is commanded but yet desisted for whatever reason. So then the question becomes, and you may think this is like it we call legal fiction, but it's worthwhile appreciating this, is what about the night of the eighth night? So do you say that the obligation of Brismila only starts on the morning, or do you say the responsibility starts at night, but the possibility of being Makayma doesn't yet, which means there's a gap. The, boss, the child could be considered an RL for the night, just so to speak, by a legal loophole. Why? The obligation may be there, but... The possibility of fulfilling it is not there yet, which perhaps I would say relates to what the Tsar is saying. Is the child on the cusp of joining, but can't yet till the morning. So what do we do? We do a protective, what was that? The, the, the Torah tells us, So the, 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 so that being the case, that's the space where protection is needed and afforded to this child as well. Very, very fascinating. It's a beautiful thing to, to do if you have the opportunity of attending a British like This relates to it as well. Let's go a little, a little further as well. Yes, okay, so the Hasidim have this, uh, this thing which is based on the same idea. It's less, pro, we'll call it universal, but uh, there is this notion of Vachnach where you bring children, in fact, to get candy, no, to, um, to, uh, to, to say Shema Yisrael and to say Hamalach HaGoel. And part of that is affording protection to the child in the same way as well. It's, it's a, uh, let me tell you, the Hasidim have a much faster process than the Svaradim. Okay, because <laughs> the British like is, is much more extensive. It's a beautiful thing. My children have done it many, many times. I remember actually during COVID, it was there, there was a number of times where I brought my kids by the window of somebody the night beforehand who was about to do a COVID bris with all six people involved. That's right. And so, so, uh, so it was, it's been a, a wonderful, uh, there's wonderful times. But the Vachnach is an approximation of this idea in addition to the Shalom Zohar as well. But for the Sardin, this is the main time is done, is the night beforehand as well. Very, very beautiful practice, as, uh, which, which emerges separately from this Ramah. What am I supposed to serve at the Shalom Zohar precisely? So Chai made a point, and that if you read the Ramah, the Ramah says it is, it's supposed to be a Su'uda, a Su'udah's Mitzvah, right? So that being the case, so what has happened? So the truth is, is that today it seems that the practice seems to be more candies and blue pretzels and stuff like that, right? And, 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 and so on, which is, which is great, which is great. But really, really, truth be told, it really would be a special if you could have something which is more Suda-esque. And I know that sometimes we feel it's like a little too fancy when the kugel's going around and the small plates are trying, but it is, there should be something more substantial as well as the Suda. And because it is a celebration, it is a celebration in and of itself. Um, part of that also relates to what we talk about during it. We'll get there in a second. That, of course, you're all familiar with the notion that people try to have arbis. Um, why, why is that? So uh, one could relate to this notion of avelus. It's a circular, um, it's circular but that, about the cycle of life, which is our, our discussion these days. But it could also be because in arbis in Yiddish relates to harbo arbe zara 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 chok 
that Akash Baruch give a, a blessing that we should be increased, Harbe Arbe, and this is a Yiddish word which approximates it, which if Yiddish is working, then I'm sure we could find other brachas like on the night of Rosh Hashanah to find that are related to it as well. But it, uh, this, 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 it's certainly possible. Uh, uh, possible. What, where should we make it? So truth is, it really should be where the baby is. It really should be where the baby is. Because if we're going to take it, certainly where the mother is for the, for, for, for the, the, the idea of, of, the, of, of giving the support to the mother, which is one of the reasons. But for the Zohar, this child should pass through a Shabbos with Torah, with songs, so the baby should be there. It's not always possible. Right? So sometimes you'll be, have the, the, the children, the, the, the young parents will be in, you know, in a small apartment. And they just can't do it. It's very hard to do it. And so they, 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 maybe they'll do it in, in a friend's apartment, as an example. It just might be practical in such a way. It may be that they're staying with their parents, but then the child will be there, which is fine. Sometimes you'll have it where they're in hospital, right? So the baby's born on a Friday afternoon. I always tell in that situation, the real Sean Zohar is in room 313, you know, so it's, uh, that's, where it's, that's where it's really at. We're just doing the echo. Um, but uh, but be it as it may, it, 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 you, one is allowed to still make a Sean Zohar in the absence of the, of the child, but really preferably the child should be there. Um, as well, and that, that does not mean the child should be passed around. Although it has, be, I've seen such things, the child should, should not be there with lots of spluttering, sneezing people. In fact, today in shul, it, it, these days when I go to shul, in the last few weeks, it sounds like a spluttering contest. You know, I go to shul every every day, and it's just like during the silence from Israel, cough, splutter, sneeze the whole time. It's not the right season, so don't don't bring the child out. Okay, but the, if the child's in the same house, that would be, that, that 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 would be a, a the, the appropriate way to do it, if at all possible. Um, w- should the mother be present? And the truth is, a lot of times the mother is recovering, and um, and uh, this is a very it's a very difficult time, uh, as well. The, the, it is it is discussed. I saw that one of the Achrayim mentions that it's special for her to partake in the Surah Mitzvah as well. Um, but if that's possible, again, it's not always possible, and in many cases, she's just not up to it as well. And so it doesn't need to be um, in, in the public uh, public space. But if she is up to it, wants to be part, part of it and is able to be there for, for part of it, that's a wonderful thing as well. And there is there is a special mitzvah for the mother to, to be partake in that su'udah as well, if possible as well. What happens if the boy, baby boy is born on a Friday night? So our first son is born 12.55 a.m. on Friday night. So when does the Shalom Zohar, is that it? You done? Right, okay, that's a little cheaper. Right, um, <laughs> to, to, to have to uh, arrange that. So the, there is a discussion about this, but generally understood the Shalom Zohar will then go to the next Friday night, which will mean it's a Shabbos package, right? <laughs> All the guests are going to be there the whole time. Friday night, bris, it's going to be one long, one long party, which is, which is wonderful as well. If the bris is delayed, so unfortunately sometimes you already know by Shabbos that the bris is not going to be on its given day. There is a discussion as to do you wait or do you do the Shalom Zohar right away, right? So... Sometimes it could be a matter of days, and it's a good idea to do the shamsach because you don't know. It could be just as a two-day delay, and say the baby's jaundiced, and maybe maybe we'll just we'll see. Then it is a good idea to do the shamsach. If God forbid it might be something more serious, and then there has to be a longer wait. Sometimes people have the practice to wait a little bit before the bris when they know when that bris will be as well. Um, there are different different perspectives of this. I'd like to, to perhaps close with just the, the um, a thought, which is uh, which is that what what are we what are we supposed to be doing at the shamsach itself? And, you know, I've seen, I see so many different sort of styles of how people do it. For some people, it's like, you know, a, uh, a standing drinking party with, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, a boys club with, uh, you know, lots of different color lights and, and alcohol of very, uh, of very expensive taste. That, that, is, that, is, that is, is great, and it certainly, you know, captures a aspect of it, but that's not really what it's supposed to be, right? A Shon Zohar is meant to be a Sa'uda, and it's a Sa'uda's mitzvah. 
And so the way a Surah's Mitzvah is treated is that there should be Torah. There should be songs. People should be around the table. It's not just hanging out and, and drinking. It's, a, it's the opportunity for people to be around the table and to talk about this, to relate the uh, thanksgiving of this experience. If you're going according to Rabbeinu Tam, you know, it, it, every childbirth is a, is a story, is, it, and it's never simple. It's, it's, it's never to be taken for granted. To, to appreciate, to appreciate all the steps that, that, that got all the dayenus that, that were received over here. And for, for people to say Divrei Torah, I think it's appropriate for the parents, the grandparents to say to say, to say Divrei Torah if, they, if they're able to, um, for if they're abonim to say Divrei Torah, for friends if they're able to say, let, let it be a place where this, is, where this child's first Shabbos in the world is going to be experienced as a true Shabbos, as a Shalom Zohar, remembering what it just lost. It's not much of a Nichum Avelim if it's just about 42%, right? I have proof. Um, so that, that, that's not what the child was missing in the womb. Um, what the child was missing was this environment of being ensconced in a spiritual environment, which is what we're trying to recreate as well. And Be'ezrael Hashem, that should, be, that, that should be a protection for the child as well. Abby, yes? I would love to hear it. <laughs> Abby, I always, always, always okay, appreciate you. There are two mitzvahs that have a commonality in that there is a tree of karas and there's a aseh. There's nima and kesef. And in both cases, we observe the Shabbos before. And the question is why? There's a misconception. Misconception is the seven day week is something from time immemorial. That is wrong. <coughs> the Egyptians probably had a 10 day week. The Babylonians had a seven-day week, but it was lunar. It wasn't a cycle. You have a solar seven-day week. One again. The Romans, for example, had an eight-day week, but it shifted from place to place. So I said like this. Imagine you are a Jew in Bayashen. The entire rhythm of your life was off. The only analogy I can give is like, you do Shabbos one day on Tuesday, one day on Thursday. It sets Shabbos set us apart, not just because we have rest, because the rhythm of our lives was totally different. And what better time to think about Shabbos than before the Brit and before Pesach. Which distinguishes us as human beings, as, as Jews. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Folks, if, it, if, if we didn't come just for that, that was worth, worth, worth being here as well. Abby, thank, thank you always, always for sharing. So folks, I, I hope we just walk out. Some of this is more well-known, some of this is much lesser known. But hopefully the next time we plan or participate in a Shalom Zachar, it will be with deeper meaning, Be'ezrael Hashem, and appreciation. Be'ezrael Hashem. Thank you so much already for coming. One second. I've got to stop this.